the shotgun. This time over the middle, it's picked off. It's Chris Harris on the return. And Harris caught from behind. Mariota in trouble, spins away, throws on the run, and it is picked off. Justin Simmons. And we do have a quarterback change as Ryan Tannehill is coming into the game. He's kneeled down twice this year, yet to throw a pass in a Titans uniform acquired in a trade with Miami in March. Tannehill keeping it alive. Now throws. Picked off. Kareem Jackson. For Tennessee, that's going to be a long flight home and a lot to think about for the Titans. Final score, Denver wins 16-0. I don't feel great. And, you know, coach made a decision and, you know, I got to be, he's going to make a decision that's best for the team. So, you know, I respect it and, you know, I just try to be there for Ryan. I mean, I'll evaluate, you know, with John and, and the coaching staff, but, you know, I'll let you know as soon as I, I figure it out and do what's best for the team. All right, let's get it going. Morning Drive live here on a Monday. And you let us know, Coach, when you figure it out and uh, get back to us when you have some answers. Because that was, <laughs> boys, I'm telling you, um, I think we've all watched a ton of football in our lives. Derek Mason, you've been on this planet for, what, 45 years. Braden and I a little bit less. And we've all seen bad football. But that was one of the most unimaginative, unproductive, uninspiring, unwatchable football games that I have ever sat through as a kid. As a college student, as a young adult, as a grown man, and whatever the hell I am today at 35 years old. And I knew that it was over the moment I saw the tweets come out from Jim Wyatt that Roger Saffold was named a game captain. The fact that Roger Saffold is a game captain as a $44 million bust, I knew it would be three hours of unwatchable television. What a disgrace yesterday was. I think, and you guys can tell me what you think about this as well, and it's not just, I mean, the Titans are the the part of this that we're going to focus on. The Broncos didn't do anything to make that game entertaining either. They were god-awful. I'm with you. It's one of the most unwatchable things I've ever seen in sports since starting radio in Nashville for me. Since John Robinson took over, um, this is his fourth season, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, 16, 17, 18, and now uh, you know five games in, six games in to, to 2019. That is among the worst performances a John Robinson GM'd football team has put on a field. Um, I, I would say the uh, what was it, eleven sacks against Baltimore last year in a in a just a complete whitewashing by the Ravens uh, against. Oh, by the way, Joe Flacco. Um, I think a 12-7 loss on the road late in the year when they needed a win, when Blaine Gabbert started for Arizona, when Carson Palmer, I believe, was injured, and they lost 12-7 to against Arizona with Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback. I, I think that is amongst the worst losses. I think those are the three that come to mind. Um, defensively, everyone... You know, Dean Pease and everybody else on the defense, you were immune from conversation today. You guys did your jobs. You guys were fantastic yesterday again. But everyone else in the organization from the very top to the very last person deserves the blame and the criticism for that performance. It's a, it's it's one of the two or three worst performances I've seen from a John Robinson GM'd team since he got here, period. It's It was bad yesterday. Uh, watching it, the team never – seemed as if they were going to generate anything on offense. Um, 
the defense, yes, they played good, but they also gave up, you know, another huge run. Um, they gave up another huge pass play. Um, you know, the special teams was bad. Big pop, um, big start the game early. off, the special teams was bad. Uh, we didn't know what the kicker, we don't know what the kicker is because we didn't get a chance to see the kicker, uh, the place kicker. Um, so, you know, th- this is the, this is, this is what you don't want to have when you have a team because, you know, this is where, you know, we talk about the maturity and, and the leadership of a locker room. This is where it starts to kick in when the offense is playing um, like kindergartners and the defense is holding their own and it could be a riff in the room. You know, the defense is screaming, you know, what are y'all guys doing? You know, we're, we're holding our end of the bargain and, and y'all can't even put up seven points. Um, and the offense is, you know, they're trying to figure it out. So this is where that, this is where it's going to be tested for the Titans. You know, the leadership, the finger pointing. Um, this is where it's going to be tested. Uh, if this is a team with veteran leadership that's together, um, you know, they're going to, you know, lose together and they're going to win together. They're not going to point no fingers. If this is a fractured locker room because the defense is playing so well and the offense is, is inept, then you're going to start to see slowly but surely, you know, things that happen with bad locker rooms, whether it be information coming out the locker room, whether it be skirmishes on the sideline, whether it be disagreements between offense and defense and it starts to verbally be being seen, whether it be on a camera or uh, during a game or, you know, through the media. So this is where the Titans got to hunker down. And it doesn't help when your starting quarterback gets benched. This offense is just so ungodly unwatchable because they have the second most punts. I mean, forget seven points. You said they couldn't get seven points. They can't get first downs. I mean, they rack up three and outs like it's, you know, uh, in their contracts, like they're going to get bonuses for doing so. Uh, Second most punts in the NFL, trailing only the Jets. And the Jets at least have an excuse. Their quarterback had mono for a month. Uh, The Titans lead the NFL in plays that result in lost yardage with 49. They had 10 yesterday. I mean, it's, it's, you can't, I, I don't know how you draw up something like this so unwatchable. I mean, Arthur Smith was hired as the OC. And a lot of it's the offensive line, and he's he's limited with what he can do when your when your line is that bad. But I mean, this guy was given the job because he was quote a no brainer. There was never a thought in the organization of going on the outside. Like Vrabel wanted to name this guy the guy from day one when Lafleur left. Yeah, I think the coordinator is a big part of this issue. Um, I, I think Arthur Smith is a big part of this. And, and listen, the coordinator always is the easy target. We're always going to point to the coordinator. Fans always point to the coordinator but it, there's nothing that I've seen from this coordinator that that shows evolution that shows um the ability to make an adjustment the you know uh, the game plan from the beginning this time like at least they've had some decent game plans from the beginning in, in past games that that wasn't even the case this weekend they they, they had nothing from the beginning and and clearly I mean we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the quarterback here obviously but clearly it didn't matter the the quarterback Ryan Tannehill was sacked more times uh, and had just as many negative plays as as the, as Marcus did so that it didn't matter yesterday the the offensive line couldn't do anything I I look at I, I look at this collection of players and I go Derrick Henry Corey Davis Delaney Walker and I know they tried to get the ball to Delaney Walker a little bit more yesterday which I think is something that they've got to do Arthur Smith has got to get Delaney Walker the football. Um, AJ Brown, like they're they're not terrible football players. Like these are not bad players. Like there were Titans teams a couple years ago 
where all their skill weapons were not were bad players. <laughs> These are not bad players. And the quarterback camp is not playing well. The offensive line is stopping everything. The offensive line brings everything to a screeching halt. The, 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 the 44, and think about this. You've got your star left tackle who's the highest paid guy in the league who misses the first four games and is getting false start penalties. <laughs> You've got your $44 million free agent who was a good football player for the majority of his career and now cannot bust a grape to save his life in pass protection. Your right tackle, his entire future is uncertain because you didn't pick up the fifth-year option on him. You're not sure. The only guy that we really know is just not talented enough to play is probably Ben Jones, and he might be your most consistent player right now. You've got a rookie making his second start ever in his career on the right side at at right guard. That group is not giving any of the other players an opportunity to do anything. Well... When they do, the quarterback holds on to the ball too long. And this is what I, I want to figure out. Because there were times where Marcus had an opportunity. He had time to throw the football. Um, the Denver Broncos didn't start really. That defense didn't really kick in until like the, the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, fourth quarter. Before that, Marcus had time to throw the football. And he barely got hit. What I'm trying to figure out is, if it's not off coverage, why in the hell these receivers can't get open? And 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 I'm going to take a look at at the at at the the film the coaches watched this week because it was just amazing how Marcus was sitting back there. Either he's not seeing it, or they are not getting open. Well, and then they get open or, or, when it's off yeah, coverage. They or, run, when it's off coverage, and they show the pass completions. Those guys are like ten yards off, or and both. Exactly, it could be both. Yeah. Well, how about just the simple flare out from Derrick Henry that he sails over his head, and Derrick Henry falls on his butt. I mean, a little simple swing screen for Derrick Henry, you know, check down, flare out out of the backfield. They couldn't complete well, and, that yesterday. And, and Derrick's looking over the wrong shoulder for that, and Marcus flies it over his head. Yeah. Like, like they're both wrong, right? Like it's just. Listen, there, I have a. I will have a very. Uh, I, I, I spent a lot of time in my own bathtub uh, yesterday because you guys had some fun on with you know my expense on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> time to drain it. Um, which is which again. I never put myself in that bathtub. You put baby in the bathtub. Okay, not me. You put me there. Um, I, I've, I've got. We've got plenty of things to say about the quarterback uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But it, th- this was a collection. This is a collective failure. Again, I think Dean Pease. And the defensive players are immune to this. And Brett Kern, he's immune from this as well. I'm going to take Brent Kern, Brett Kern and the defense out nope. of the – I'm taking them off the table. I'm putting Brett Kern in. That is just mean-spirited. Yeah, I'm putting him in. He should have scored. <laughs> should have scored, damn it. <laughs> Line him up at quarterback, for God's sakes. Um, in fact, I think I saw some tweets like punt on first down. I think I, I think I saw a few of those. Yeah, like, hope for a fumbled punt and be, you get a short field. Because at least you won't go backwards. <laughs> if you keep punting on first down, eventually they'll muff one. And eventually you'll get the ball down on, on their, their end of the territory. I, I mean, just this is the first time, I think, in, in years that I've looked at this team. The Baltimore game last year was alarming. But but they had so many good wins around the Baltimore game that I don't think it, it was as concerning. Certainly a concern on the offensive line. But this is the first time I think you look at the top, the middle, the coaching staff, the bottom, the quarterback, the, the offensive line. This is the first time where I think you, you, you ask the coach, why the hell weren't you prepared to play that game? You ask the coordinator, why the hell didn't you make adjustments? You, 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 you made your change at quarterback, and mm-hmm. it didn't do anything. Not that there was a lot of time left in the game. Uh, the offensive line is as bad today as it was in week one, week two, week three. 
there, there has, you know, the offensive line coach. Well, look, everybody is on trial on the offense, as far as I'm concerned. But it goes all the way past Vrabel. It goes up to Vrabel, and it goes past Vrabel to John Robinson because that's yep. this is the first time I've seen a team that looked completely uninspired and completely unprepared to play a football game, and that that's on everybody. That that's from top to bottom. That goes to everybody. Uh, I said last week, Cairo Santos needed to lose his job, and he did on Monday. And I also said last week Keith Carter needs to be fired, the offensive line coach. I mean, I don't know how this guy continues to keep his job. The Bills and the Broncos are two teams that were in the bottom five in the league in sacks entering the week they played the Titans, and they unleashed a pass rush like they were a premier group. Yeah, they did. Um, it This offense hasn't um, figured out a way to consistently uh, do things consistent. Uh, you know, they one thing I do commend them, they stick with the run, and they're going to have to. Um, but in the passing game, it's it's feast or famine with them almost. You know, they get a big play, then, you know, you don't see you don't see any plays. Then they get another big play here or there, and you figure, okay, this this offense is – this is what this offense can be. And then you don't hear about the passing game – you know, for a quarter and a half or two quarters. Um, and again, I, I'm trying to figure it out. Is it the quarterback or is it the receivers? Because when the quarterback has time, nobody's getting open. You can't blame the offensive line. You can't, from from first glance, you can't blame the quarterback. Oh, Tannehill had three three or four dropbacks where he had just had ages. Yeah, he was. Ages yeah. I'm like, where was this offensive line for the other guy? And he still couldn't find anybody yeah, to throw the ball That's what I'm too. trying to figure out. Is it the offensive? I mean, is it the quarterback? Is it the receivers? And, you know, they're going to have to. Anybody can get open on off coverage. What can you do when the coverage is tighter? 615-737-1025. The number, Titans fans, let's hear from you. 737-1025. Your reaction to yesterday's disgraceful performance. And I'm telling you, I tweeted this out last night. CBS executives should have dumped out of the Titans game early and went to 60 minutes. You could have just bailed on the whole telecast. <laughs> just get to 60 minutes if I was running CBS. I, hate, right. I hate late kickoffs too, by the way. Brutal. Just because of my kids. It's, not, it's totally selfish. I'm sweating out bets and fantasy games on the Red Zone <laughs> channel for three hours, and then i got to watch that? It's it's totally selfish. I, I get to spend time with my kids when they have noon kickoffs because they nap during the Titans games, which, by the way, is probably what a Titans fan should do. <laughs> Titans fans should probably do what my three-year-old does during noon kickoff games and go to bed. Basically. That's what they should do. But mm. at least I get that. You know, I don't, I, this, this interrupted family time. Yep. All right? This interrupted time with my daughters. I had to watch that crap during time when I'm supposed to be spending it with my kids. Get get let's get back into the regular time zones and kick off at noon, please. All Thank right, you. Titans fans, let's hear from you. Seven three seven one zero two five. Your calls all morning long. This should be a good one. It's morning drive live from the wholesaling studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. It is morning drive. ESPN one zero two five. The game. Nick Braden, D Mace, Marquise. Your Titans calls seven three seven one zero two five is the phone number. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. As we try to make sense of what we watched yesterday, because boys, that's that's three hours of our lives. We will never get back a sixteen to nothing shutout at the hands of the one and four Broncos. Yeah, and I think uh, D, you were the one who said uh, you were the one who said last week. You know, what is this stadium going to look like coming up if they were to lose to Denver? And so I think we've got all week to to dread what that's going to look like because that stadium, I can't imagine, is going to be overly inspired to watch that team play football. Now, here's the thing. 
the, the season, it, like this thing is, this is not over. Like you, you have what eleven more games to go, ten more games to go in in a in a sport where how many divisions are being led right now by three and three teams? Like it, this is not. It, you still have to try to compete for this year. The reason you signed Saffold and Adam Humphreys to all these big contracts is that you're trying to win today. You feel like you have the defense and all the other personnel to win today, and it's not happening. But it still means it still doesn't mean you're not. I mean, you're still two games out of first place in the division. It's still so early that anything can happen. So you 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 can't punt on the season, even as atrocious as the football has been the last game or two. You still can't punt on the season. You're not just going to give up. Like, I, so I don't know where you go from here. Uh, it, it's no, you don't give up, uh, but. What makes it so bad is look at what everyone else is doing in the division, minus Jacksonville, because I think Jacksonville and the Titans right now, Jacksonville might be the third best team, the Titans the last team in the conference. But what Indy and Houston are doing, they're just separating themselves further and further away from from Jacksonville and, and, and the Titans. And that was, a, that was a win they needed. It wasn't a make-or-break win, but it was a win they needed. I just don't know how anybody on the offensive side of the football walks past anybody on the defensive side of the football in that locker room with any sense of self-pride, dignity, or respect. Like, that defense has held opponents to 20 points or less every game this year, and they're 2-4. and They're averaging like 15.8 points per game, giving up. Everyone else in that territory is like 18-3. and I think the stat is 18-3, and the other teams that are allowing that number or better. Um, And listen, I, I thought the defensive players, to their credit yesterday, um, if you listen to a lot, all the post game stuff, I think the two things you took away all the po- all the defensive players said all the right things. It doesn't mean they're not frustrated. It doesn't mean they're not angry with the offense and behind closed doors. But they said all the right things. We got to stick together. We're a team. And the offensive players, you could just tell yesterday talking to them, listening to them, that they're they're they are at, at their wits end with what they're doing. They they fully understand that they are letting this team down. There's no question about that. You listen to Derrick Henry and Delaney and these guys talk, and they. They are they are very well aware of what's going on. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Let's start it off on the phones. Uh, Zach is first up this morning on Morning Drive. What's up, Zach? Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Doing well. Good. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Honestly, I wanted to call in and just complain, and I feel like there's just so much I can say. <laughs> we are your therapy take, for the next take, four hours. Take your pick. We've got five days this week. So the the I've been an LSU fan my entire life, right? And what this reminds me of is the end of the Les Miles era where you've got talent on offense everywhere and you're just completely incompetent. And I feel like, you know, it's like I they, feel you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we feel you. That, what, what's that was that, very eloquent. What's that, what's that phrase? It's like uh, – the definition of insanity yeah. is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Yep. And I feel like that's what we're doing on offense. Like, it, it's just so unimaginative. Nothing works. I mean, I, I did a really poor job of explaining this, but it's just so frustrating. Now, yeah, we got you, Zach. I, yeah, I, think exactly. the L, I think the LSU analogy from a play-calling offensive scheme design standpoint is a, is, is a really good analogy. Well, LSU did not evolve or change its offense from the Stone Age for 12 mm-hmm. years. And all of a sudden, look what they did. They did it this year, and now look where they are. I, I think that's actually a, a decent analogy. And I think you want to go back to Malarkey and Robisky. You want to go to Lafleur and Vrabel. You want to go to Arthur Smith. You pick any of them. It doesn't feel like any of them have dramatically shifted or changed the offense in any 
significant way? Well, I mean, the common denominator in all that is the quarterback. Um, he's been a quarterback for each coach. And, you know, whether it's they don't feel they can put enough on him to do different things or, you know, the, the offensive coordinators are just not um, up to snuff. Um, you know, I don't know which one it is. Um, you know, but I do know that the quarterback has been a common denominator in all this. Um, you know, you can fault Arthur Smith, just like the, the swing pass to Lewis. It was so blatant that that's, that's what they were going to do when they sent Lewis in motion and, and, and Marcus faked to him. Then it was so blatant. Everybody in the building, I think everybody across the NFL, even people that didn't watch the game but heard the play. They knew what was going to happen. They threw a screenplay to to Deion Lewis, and he gained zero yards. So all the blind Titans yeah, fans. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. The minute okay. he went in motion, they didn't even yeah. try to disguise it. It was see ball, throw ball, tackle ball. That's what it was. 737-1025. Let's try Mike, who's next on Morning Drive. Mike, you go ahead. Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, my question is primarily for Derek. Um I had to quit watching the game yesterday. It was just so miserable. But in watching the receivers, Derek, uh, it seems like they are just being lazy with their routes. It looks like they're just kind of not 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 making hard cuts to throw the uh, backs off at all. And it seems like they're just kind of rounding all the routes off, just being lazy. And Marcus had time to throw the ball several occasions. And it, and I don't know if it, it seems like the receivers are just stopping where they were and they didn't to try to get open. I just don't know. I, I, I mean, I've played a lot of ball and watched a lot of ball, and, and the receivers just are not, they're not, you know, making hard cuts to throw the backs off and get any kind of separation. What do you, did you notice that at all? And, and thank you for the call, Mike. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, and every time, each time they showed a Titans completion, the defensive back was off eight yards, 10 yards. And it's it's, it's like pitch and catch. I mean, anybody can do that. That because they got they have good pass catchers, guys that can catch the ball. So when the defensive back is off, you know, eight nine yards and backpedaling, then I can complete a a deep. I can complete a twelve yard out. It's easy. What happens when the coverage gets a little tighter? What happens when the zone defense gets a little tighter? Are these receivers reading it right? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because here's the here's the thing about receivers. Here's what makes here's what separates the good ones from the great ones. Is we were always taught to read as we run. Read the defense as you're running. They're not gonna stay the same. The good ones and the great ones find holes in defenses. They read it. It's a field game for the receivers. That's the great ones do that. They fill it. They find a hole. Like, you can't guard them in the zone zone coverage because they're going to find a hole. They're going to get open versus press coverage. And I'm not seeing this consistently with these receivers. That's what I'm trying to – that's why I'm trying to figure out is, is it the quarterback that's not seeing it? Or is it the receivers? Are, are they not reading the coverage as they run? I don't know which one it is, and maybe we got a glimpse of it. What, what of Bra- it. Vrabel said, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, receivers got to get open, you know, yada yada yada. And I took it as man, he can't say that, but now I'm starting to realize like he might just be right because he sees it firsthand. Mm-hmm. 
Well, hopefully you'll see it when you do your D-Mace dissection when we get to the middle of the week of the All-22 because we need answers. 615-737-1025 is the number. More Titans calls when we come back, and then we will certainly get to Marcus Mariota and his benching yesterday. In came Ryan Tannehill. It didn't really get much better. We're back after this on Morning Drive. 632, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5, the game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you here on a Titans fallout, Titans reaction Monday. They lose to the Denver Broncos 16 to nothing, falling to 2-4 and four on the year. And of course, taking your calls all morning long, 615-737-1025. Let's get right back to your calls. Uh, Chris is next on Morning Drive. Chris, you go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. What's happening? Well, you know what? First of all, to Derek, to D. Mays, I was the one that called and said you should have wore the Michigan apron if they lost to Michigan State. And I was tripping with you about Michigan State. Sir, I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm glad I get the call back and make amends for that. But a yeah, couple of things. Not a, good, not a good weekend for Michigan State this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I understand, but I'm not going to harp on that because, you know what, D. Mays, we get to laugh about this. It felt like watching a comedy death at a funeral. It just seemed like, as Stephen A. Smith would say, what can go wrong will go wrong when it comes to the Tennessee Titans offense. It's just, it's it's embarrassing and humiliating. The Marcus Marcus Mariota era, or Suckyota as I like to call him, is over. It's (laughs) over. And it was evident yesterday. Six of seven of fifteen, sixty-three yards in two quarters and two series. Tannehill, yeah, he got sacked four times, but he at least moved the ball a little bit, a little, and had one hundred forty-four yards. Mm. But this, I mean, if there were one or two players on this team, I would say it's those players. But when an entire unit looks bad, you got to look at coaching. Keith Carter, as you said, Braden, I don't know how this guy still has a job. I do not know. I mean, he should have been fired two weeks ago, but it is more evident now than you could ever know that something needs to change. Arthur Smith seems like he is a bit in over his head. I know he's trying, but it just seems like the job may be a bit too big for him, if I may say, and you know, feel free to correct me. No, Chris, Chris, you're you're 100% spot on. In fact, Chris, I think that's the phrase we use Mm -hmm. during the commercial break is that we're, you know, again, our concern about Arthur Smith is that he's a tight ends coach. I mean, that's that's the concern. Again, that that probably isn't fair because six games isn't enough time to really truly evaluate anything. But, I mean, does anything through six games tell you that this guy's going to all of a sudden reinvent the modern NFL passing attack and – turn this team into a juggernaut on offense? I mean, no. Again, it's not all his fault. The offensive Again, the offensive line is the biggest glaring weakness here. I mean, the offensive line is the concern. I, I will push back on one thing. This mar- There will be a large and long and lengthy conversation by everyone and their mother about what the Marcus Mariota era was with the Tennessee Titans, and bust is not one of the words you can actually use to describe Marcus Mariota. It's just not. Paxton Lynch is a bust. Right, like EJ Manuel is a bust. Guys that started for less than a season. Johnny Manziel is a bust in the first round. This is a guy who had a fantastic first two seasons. In his third season, he led your team to a, their first ever playoff win in more than a decade. You cannot call Marcus Mariota a bust. He is broken right now. 
He's broken. The organization broke him. Whether it's the coordinators or the offensive line or himself not evolving, literally the Jacksonville Jaguars broke his leg. Like he has not ever since that moment, he has been a different player. And he yesterday it all came to a head, and he played his worst game I think I've ever seen him play as a Titan quarterback. He's broken. He still gives you probably the best chance to win coming up this weekend because Ryan Tannehill is not any better, and and we tried to tell you this, but he's broken. I don't know what else there is to say about him. He he is not the same player that he was two years ago or three years ago or four years ago. So I don't want to hear this, uh, it, the, the entire era has been worthless and he's a bust and it's terrible. That's factually untrue. But he is completely broken right now because yesterday there were open receivers and he missed them. He's seeing ghosts on the offensive line. The offensive line is sacking, allowing him to be completely pummeled. And when he does have time, he can't find an open receiver it's just I have. There's no explanation for what he's just broken. I don't think there's another word to describe whether it's mentally or physically or whatever. He's just broken, they, and, they, and that probably does mean the end of it. It I, is. I don't know what that means. Again, that doesn't. That's a totally different conversation than what, who should start this week because there are still ten football games to go this year, and you still have to try to win ten football games. And Ryan Tannehill does not give you a better chance to win. But but to be honest, when you look at this team right now, between the deficiencies at quarterback, the offensive line woes, the head coach, the offensive line coach, the offensive coordinator, the special teams, they have drastically far too many flaws mm. to win enough games to get to the playoffs. So while they might not be mathematically out of it, mm. for, in my opinion, for all intents and purposes, this season is over. Because there's 10 games to go. They would need to win at least seven to get to nine and seven, mm-hmm. does it look like this team is capable of winning seventy percent of their games? I mean, <laughs> it, the answer is no. No, but it could happen. But it's the NFL; you never it's, know. You know, I, the season's not over. But I've seen I've seen this book written before. I've, I've read this chapter before on the team. Um, the offense not playing well. Um, you know, the defense is liked out. Um, you know, you have a change, and then the offense kicks it in gear. I'm not saying they're firing Arthur Smith. I'm not saying that. But the offenses that I've been a part of, when we've had problems like that, there's been a change. And either it's a change at play calling or a change at quarterback. And we seem to play better. Not to say that, you know, um, you know the league got worse. We just seem to play better. Uh, we started off, I, I can remember starting off, and our offense was horrible in Baltimore. Uh, we fired our offensive coordinator, and then we make it to the playoffs. Um, How long into uh, the season did did that? Wh- the, when, did that were, take, when did that happen? I got I think we were maybe five games into the season somewhere. It was right before. It was right during a break, uh, a um, bye week, and our offense was dismal. And they had to make a change. They had to make a change. And, you know, Billick fired the offensive coordinator and he took over. And not to say that we became this juggernaut, but I think we became more of a team. I think by the organization doing that, we felt that, okay, at least they're trying to do something to jumpstart this offense. The worst part you can do, and, and, and you know, that's why Vrabel made the change. That's why Vrabel, you know, um, um, cut the 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 um, place kicker, because when you walk through a locker room and you see the problems and you don't address the problems, players become agitated. 
players stop playing for you. Players don't respect you as a head coach because they're, they're like, listen, you see the problems, I see the problems, and you're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Vrabel said yesterday, I see the problem, and the problem is the quarterback. I need to make a change. I saw the problem the last week, and it was a place kicker. I cut him, and I got me a new place kicker. This might, and I think they might continue to go with Tannehill because this might be what the offense need, a jump start. Because everybody's probably, everybody, and I told y'all this before. Oh, everybody loves Marcus. He's the guy. Listen, guys ain't going to come out and tell you he's not the guy. Guys <laughs> won't say that in the, the, because they're, they won't do that. Because then that causes problems. But deep down, believe me, I've heard it. Deep down, he's not the guy. He's not. And I'm not saying he's not, he can't start for someone else, but he's not the guy for this team. They're also not walking around saying Tannehill's the guy. No, no, no. No, no. But what I'm saying is this. Right, right. But you do I'm need to send Tannehill, a message. When Tannehill gets oh, yeah, thrown in him. there, he got when Tannehill gets thrown in there, is a shot of energy to everybody. And I don't know how they're going to react next game if Tannehill plays, but I'm telling you from a, a, a player's perspective, once you make that change, because we've all we're all looking at this mess together, and if if we're looking at the quarterback and we're saying deep down like he's not the guy, gosh, but but publicly we're like yeah that's my buddy. We eventually are looking and hoping that the that the head coach say you know what enough is enough. I'm going to make the change, and now as a player I don't have to say anything. Right. I, if you ask me, I'm gonna say the coach did what's best for the team, and deep down I'm like. Damn, I'm glad he did it. Well, and it doesn't mean he's going to do the same thing coming up this weekend. No, we, like, don't, we, know. we don't. We don't, we don't know. know. Now he left it wide open yesterday when asked about it. He said, they, "You know, he was asked about a decision on the quarterback, and he basically said, well, I'll, I'll let you guys know as soon as I know.' So he did not come out and definitively say Ryan Tannehill will start or Marcus Mariota will start. He did not say either of those things yesterday. But here's what Mark. Here's what Ryan Tannehill did on his first three drives: fourteen plays, twenty-eight yards, two punts, and a turnover on downs. <laughs> he gained two yards a play. I'm telling you, Tanny, the no, only no. Drive, Tanny Hill's a better quarterback today than Mark. I'm gonna tell he you was that right now. He's a be, no, he's a. I'm gonna tell you definitively. And okay. I, Marcus I disagree, is, but okay. Marcus, I like Marcus, but today Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback. He gives you a better opportunity to win a football game. Everybody, Marcus does some really good things, but at this stage of the game. Tannehill gives you a better because uh, you said it. Marcus is broken. He's uh, yeah, done. Yeah. Tannehill gives whether you think Tannehill is better or not, that's a different story. Right. But Tannehill gives you a better opportunity to win today because he he doesn't have that baggage now that, that Marcus has. That He's may be not true. sort of broken like Marcus. I, I still don't like you may be a hundred percent right on that. because again, I I'm I'm with you. Like I, I watched a broken player who is not the same player as he was two years ago for this team. And that's the organization's fault as much as it is his. And and but again, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was sacked four times yesterday and threw an interception. It wasn't like the offense did anything. The only yards they gained was when Denver was playing literally 15 yards off the line of scrimmage and prevent defense. Is the only reason the Titans went down the field on that final drive. And he still threw an interception on a third and 13. Like it's just it's the offense wasn't any better. I we will get into a really great subtle debate about the differences between the two of them because Roger Saffold had a great answer yesterday after the game as to why Ryan Tan- what what are the differences between he and Ryan Tannehill Marcus and Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill will let it rip in the pocket the question is where does it go and that's the concern and and Mariota's very good at protecting the quarter the football Tannehill is not but maybe he slings it and maybe that's what they need and, and we'll debate that for the next five days until 
Vrabel announces a starter until the game comes. But the offense was not any better with Ryan Tannehill yesterday. I saw an offensive line that's atrocious. They can't run the football. They had negative plays on half of the plays. Basically, Ryan Tannehill was in the game. Like it's it did, nothing changed. Nothing changed. They they got the quarterback was sacked and they three they went three and out twice. Like it, it's the exact same thing. And and that you know I, it, it just sucks if you're a Titans fan because you don't really have a solution right now. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five the number seven three seven one zero two five. We will come back continue on taking your Titans calls seven three seven one zero two five. We're back after this on ESPN one zero two five a game. <laughs> 649, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025. The game, Corey Curtis from News 2 coming up at the top of the hour. Your calls in one second. If I'm Mike Vrabel, though, and I know he said, you know, we'll figure it out, mm-hmm. we'll see about the quarterback situation for the foreseeable future, short term, and I don't know how long it would last. And I think I already know the answer as to what Tannehill is, but I, I still need to see him in Nashville with my own two eyes, live and in living color. I think you need to get him prepared to start for this Chargers game and see what he does. What's the downside of doing that? Uh, yeah, absolutely right. I, I think moving forward, um, Tannehill needs to be the guy. Um, and you kind of go from there. Um, because I don't know. It, you're going against the Chargers defense. The Chargers just lost this weekend, but still. Their defense is pretty good. Um and, you know, are you going to continue to let this guy get beat up on meaning Marcus? Um, and he's already he's already a guy that don't pull a trigger anyway. Now he's getting hit and pushed around. You think he's going to pull the trigger even yeah. more now? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if I'm them, I'm going with Tannehill and I'm sticking with Tannehill. Um, and I think, I, I really do think today, not to say now, I mean, this is not a debate on who's better, the quarterback, Marcus or Tannehill. I mean, the, both of them are in a position right now where they're both trying to earn a starting job next year. So obviously, you know, neither one of them are good enough to solidify a job, um, <laughs> but they can be. Um, if if he just gives them the best opportunity to win. I'm not saying that did. I'm not saying that he he's better than Marcus, and I'm not saying Marcus is better than him. I'm just saying he gives the Tennessee Titans a better opportunity to win today. That's all I'm saying. And you, and, it, and we can and, and people reasonable people can disagree on that. Like I still think Marcus gives them a better chance to win, but that's because I don't think Ryan Tannehill really gives you any difference. Now your point, Nick, is is valid. What's there to lose from making the switch? Probably nothing, because um, at this point you're two and four and. You know your your season again. I think that they that you st- you still are not quitting on the season. That, that's the biggest issue. You have to win football games now. You have a defense that gives you a chance to win every single Sunday, and so you still have to sort of look at this season as a as a short window of time and saying, all right, we've got to evaluate everything else. Then we've got to evaluate the offensive coordinator. We've got to evaluate the offensive line coach. We've got to evaluate the receiving core. You know, everybody needs to be evaluated. Derrick Henry, like, look at the free agents that are coming off this team. Jack Conklin, Derrick Henry, Logan Ryan. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's coming off this team at the end of the year that they need to evaluate to make sure they know what they're going to do moving forward. Those are real problems at the end of the year. But you still got to win today. And, and I don't I don't see how, like, again, I, I think, that, Derek, you make the best point that Tannehill at least isn't broken. He, and he fires the football out of the pocket more so than Marcus does. The problem is, is where does it go and – 
how productive is that going to be? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that right now. I don't think Vrabel knows the answer. Uh, to that I mean, right l- last night on Sunday Night Football, the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers lost to a third string Steeler quarterback by the name of Devlin Hodges. Yeah, Duck. Say that again. Old Duck. <laughs> Devlin Duck Hodges. He's two two time uh, duck calling champion. Do you see that? In the state of Alabama. That's your yeah, boy, Marquise and Nick. Uh, I mean, if we can't get a more productive offense with Tannehill or Mariota than <laughs> Devlin Hodges, he's the 2018 duck calling state champion of Alabama. Don't talk about old Duck Hodges that way. Come on now. Good he's a, he's a legend in my look, neck look, of the woods. Look, Dak Prescott looked like garbage last yesterday. Jared Goff threw for 79 yards yesterday. Like Football wasn't good <laughs> yes, yesterday. The quarterbacks were atrocious. I still think you can win some football games this year. The question maybe now is do you want to? <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, I, we, might be, we might be getting to that I, point. I, don't think you, I still think you, you compete, man. I just don't like quitting on seasons, and I, I think – there are good arguments to be made for both quarterbacks moving forward. I still think I, – I, I just personally don't think Ryan Tannehill is all that good. I, that's just it. I just don't think he's the better player, and we can all disagree or agree on that, and that's just an opinion. So seven three seven one zero two five. C-Rod is next on Morning Drive. What's up, C-Rod? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Hey, man, I got some good news and bad news. Which one y'all want first? Bad <laughs> man, the bad, bad. The bad news is, man, that we done seen this before as far as how the quarterback play goes. I'm not saying Marcus not a guy. Marcus, Marcus is my guy, but he's not everybody's guy. And it's the problem, man. We have the whole offense to look at. It's not just the quarterbacks, not just the receivers. It's everybody as a whole that's got to come together, man. And it's, and the bad thing about it is that if we don't keep winning, I gotta convince my wife to keep paying cash for my season tickets, man. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man. Yesterday, man, she was looking for another investment, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, if you're talking about if you're looking at oh, if you're looking man. at Titans tickets the rest of the year as a stock, I think he lost a few mo- a few dollars. Oh, man, I feel for him. His wife, like, we giving these tickets up. We we going uh, another place with our money. The problem is you gotta wait for him to win a game and then sell them. <laughs> Oh, man, that was funny. It never happened. Who knows? I mean, forget about investing your money in this team. I don't know how you invest your time in them. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, this team has been so inconsistent. And the offense, other than, you know, the first game of the season. And and, and even then, we told the people, like, listen, that was was a facade. It was sort of like Fugazi. I love that word. And and people looked at it, oh this 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 offense and no it wasn't no if you take away the long run and I know you can't take away the long run but if you take away the long pass the short pass and long run by Derrick Henry that offense was struggling to move the ball still against a good Brown defense but they were great against the Falcons D but they yeah like everyone else Falcons, in America exactly everyone's great against the Falcons <laughs> get, goodness get healthy against the Falcons if, every, every, if you want to have a good game play the Falcons okay Apparently. you will have a good game but after that in between those games this offense has just been inept and if it's not the offensive line it's the quarterback if it's not the quarterback it's the receivers one thing it hasn't been and I can't commend you know the Titans on this. It hasn't been the run game. They found a way to run the ball, even though yesterday, yesterday it was tough. It was tough yesterday to run the football. But when you can't pass it and you become one dimensional, that's what happens. But if it's not the coach, if it's not the coach calling plays, is the offensive line not blocking? Is the quarterback not seeing receivers? Is receivers not getting open? Is receivers dropping balls? I mean, you can't. We 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 always say this in in, in football. It's that one little problem can become eventually 
a big problem because that one problem, if you don't if you don't handle it, it it it, it filters through the system and it becomes one, two, three, four problems. Defense can have one problem and still have a hell of a game. The offense can't operate that way. They have one problem. It's a breakdown everywhere. Seven three seven one zero two five. Chad is next on Morning Drive. What's up, Chad? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, what's up, man? So, uh, Titan Nation in the locker room might not like what I'm saying, but it's it's written on their face. When you look at when you look at uh, a lot of their pregame or postgame um, press conferences and stuff like that, it's on their face. It's been on their face for like a couple weeks. He's missing throws. His base is off. His fundamentals isn't there. It's time to bitch him. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, I, I love Marcus Mariota. He's a good guy. He looks like he's a good guy. But to our, to our defense, we don't have a good player personnel. We don't have no – we've never had an identity on, on, on offense for, like, years. You know, and I've been a fan since I was five. Like, and I watched them go to the Super Bowl and lose, you know, a yard short. And, and, and we don't have no identity. It's time to move on. It seems like every draft we make a mistake in the draft, and then it leads over to the season. You got to do something different. Man, there's a lot to to dissect there. Uh, he's right uh, the, about the, the sort of I, yeah the identity the identity of the thing. Team. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I think the identity thing is correct. Um, and what I, are I, they? And that goes to five coordinators in six years or whatever it is. Um, I, I listen. I will. I don't think it, it, this is what's really frustrating with the offense. If you look at the individual athletes, they're not bad. Taylor Lewan, individually as an athlete, is one of the better left tackles. You, you know, Jack Conklin, you know, Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Delaney Walker, Johnny Smith, Deion Lewis. You, you look at the collection of skill weapons, and it's not the Chiefs. It's not, it's not one of these elite teams, but these are good athletes. These are good. They're way better than this team had three years ago, five years ago, six years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, they are all talented athletic players when given the opportunity and schemed into the right places, will make plays. And I just think the offensive line is the the main issue here. Ryan Tannehill went into the game yesterday and got sacked four times. It's, it, it wasn't the quarterback yesterday entirely. It's the uh, what has been the issue through all six games. And the issue through all six games has been the offensive line. Roger Saffold, $44 million. What are you talking about? <laughs> ben Jones and Nate, Nate Davis is a rookie now starting in the second game. Jack Conklin's not under contract. And, and probably needs to get moved to a different position. Maybe you can get Dennis Kelly into the game. You, you have to fix the offensive line. All of this starts with the – I don't care if Joe Montana and, and, and Tom Brady are standing back there behind that offensive line. They are not going to win. Aaron Rodgers, when he has a bad offensive line, trust me, is, is not a good quarterback. I've seen the Packers miss the playoffs multiple years in a row because the offensive line. The offensive line is the problem. That's the, that's the thing that draws all these players together. If they have an offensive line, all these players look better. Corey Davis is better than his numbers. Delaney Walker is better than his numbers. The offensive line is the issue. Coming up next, we will chat with our buddy Corey Curtis from News 2, and then we'll come right back to your Titans call. So if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll come back to you in just a little bit. Corey Curtis, News 2, next on Morning Drive.